Меня зовут Николай Николаевич, и мне даром не нужен ваш подкаст. I doubt it with Dolmore. Но я знаю, что Бритни is the best part. Hasta la vista, baby! The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, welcome to the show, episode 388 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dalamore. And on this International Women's Day, I am joined, as always, for over 400 episodes between numbered and bonus, my international woman, Brittany Page. Oh, look at that. Co-host Brittany Page. That was pretty good. That intro that you did. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's so international. Ha- happy it, International Women's Day. There we go. Um, celebrated on March 8th every year. Do you know what it it's for? March 8th? No, like the International Women's Day, like what the point of it is. To celebrate women? <laughs> to celebrate the movement for women's rights. That's okay. Why are you having such a terrible attitude about I don't this? Have, no, I don't have a terrible attitude about it at all. Mm. One, my headphones are... We're having a, a, an equipment failure over the course of several shows, and my headphones are glitching mm-hmm. the fuck out. Getting ready to tap out. Yeah, and but but of course it's for women's rights. I thought it was like for some specific moment in time or something is what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it is, although... I'm trying to figure it out right now. <laughs> like Veterans Day. They picked the the 11th, I believe, because the armistice for World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's for veterans, but it, it actually commemorates a specific day and time. So I, I don't know about the Women's Day. They probably just, you know, randomly threw a dart at a, at a Susan B. Anthony dartboard and it happened to land on that day on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the earliest Women's Day observance called National Women's Day was held on February 28th, 1909 in New York, organized by the Socialist Party of America. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Well, good for them. Yeah. Uh, though there have been claims that the day was commemorating a protest by women garment workers in New York on March 8th, 1857, researchers have described this as a myth. All right. So... They got snoped. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's a a day where you talk about the women that you admire and um, give them some recognition. So and you celebrate strong women and you try to build up women who aren't quite as strong to maybe become strong women. Mm. No. Yeah. So let's talk about our favorite. Wow. That was a fucking. Um, Got uh, shut down. I I think by a woman. I think that one of my favorite, wi- and this is like famous people, um, is Melinda Gates, mm. and um, that's a good one. I love her because she will obviously, you know, she gives away a lot of her money to help people. <laughs> why did you put a little stank on her? 
What? You put a little stank on her money. I did? Yeah. Oh, for sure you did. Well, that wasn't intentional. Okay. But thanks for pointing it out. Um, On International Women's Day. <laughs> I appreciate how much she talks about birth control and how important birth control is, specifically um, for alleviating poverty mm-hmm. for women. Once women are able to have control over their reproductive cycle, that is very important in allowing them some freedom and the ability to choose what kind of life they want to build for themselves. That's right. What kind of work they can do when they work, when they don't work. Right. And so she does a lot of work in ensuring that women all over the world have access to birth control um, so that they can choose when to have a child the first time and also space out their pregnancies in a way that allows them to accomplish what they want to accomplish. When to or if not to at all. Yeah. They can and, choose not to. Right. In the grand scheme of things. Right. Not, you know, they could be childless. And that's... Yes. Okay. It is okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think she uh, tops the list for me right now. But... I think both of them are not to take away from the women's thing, but people shit on the gates because they're so goddamn rich. But... It doesn't make sense to me. Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates gave away $40 billion last year to their to their fund, foundation, the Gates yeah, Foundation. Yeah. $40 billion. They gave away like 12 or 13 or 14 times more last year than Donald Trump's entire net worth, mm-hmm. purportedly. Yeah. His purported net worth, not their purported donation. Right. That is... So they could be rich, and they're sure, certainly living a lifestyle that none of us could 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 uh conceive of mm-hmm. but they're given back i mean they have pledged to give away melinda and bill gates have pledged to give away all of their wealth i think their kids only get like a million or five million dollars when they when they die mm-hmm. or when they turn 18 or something but you know a million dollars or five million or even 10 million dollars on the you know compared to the 75 million billion dollars that they're worth is nothing it's mm-hmm. nothing yeah so it's uh and he's also convinced other billionaires to give away everything he meaning them right yeah um anyway i just went off a jag because people i get pissed off when people shit on the gates yeah well he was on ellen and did that little game where he had to guess like how much the pizza rolls cost. <laughs> yeah. And he thought like a bag of pizza rolls was $22. Totino's pizza rolls. Yeah. And it, it was funny. And some people, I think, reacted negatively that, he, oh, he's so, uh, he doesn't know how much pizza rolls cost. Yeah. Well, if you had that much money, you'd be eating lobster every for every meal too. Yeah. Okay. So relax. Well, not just that, but let, let's, let's put it into context. Let's get back to the international women's thing. I, I really want to talk about it. But, <laughs> it seems like you no, really I do, want to I do. It's it. just this, you spark something here. <laughs> mm. the, the $40 billion in one year to their foundation, which is, by the way, doing God's work. Yeah. $40 bill, It's $40,000 million. Get the fuck out of here with criticisms. That guy's doing the work that God should be doing, doing deity's work, helping to cure disease helping to bring water to people who are thirsty, food to people who are hungry, curing disease. I mean, come on, come on. Anyway, uh, International Women's Day. I'm sorry, I'm trampling all over it. Yeah. Um, can, can I mention someone that I, I admire who is 
um, we we got a little shit, or we meaning me, mm-hmm. when I we had a little tiff over uh, a tiff. Yeah, <laughs> tiff. Uh, over my my criticism of Trump hiring Hope Hicks. Yeah, because of the age thing, I said, right. and then you you disagreed, but um, it, and she's someone who's kind of young. Mm-hmm. It, it's Brianna Keeler at mm-hmm. CNN. Mm-hmm. She, I think, is emblematic of the type of journalist that I like, who certainly doesn't show bias, but is not afraid to to get chippy. Yeah, to to hold a a an interviewee. Their feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she's thirty-seven. Strong. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, she's not like a Christiana Amanpour. You know what I mean? She's not a Barbara Walter. She's not a yeah. Leslie Stahl. Yeah. She'll like keep going. No. Um. So Lauren Duca is another um journalist that I like as well. She was on with Tucker Carlson one time, and that's when her name blew up. And I don't really remember what that was about. And I think we played it on the show. And I think she wasn't that <laughs> impressive when we played that. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think I remember this. But I like her because I've I've seen her in interviews talking about the work that she does, and mm-hmm. she's just very fearless. She says that she's going to be someone who, you know, says fuck on her Twitter account and she's going to take people to task and she's going to be a little aggressive at times and that if people can't handle it, then fuck off. Yeah, they can. (laughs) They can leave her alone then. Yeah. Or unfollow her. Um, And I think that those are my favorite women uh, that are fearless and do not care when people dislike them or judge them negatively for something that they do. Um, and it's it's aspirational for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah. I, I do like women who kind of buck the... Who don't just settle into the conformity and the, the, the societal expectation of gotta be a classy laid. You gotta be a demure laid. You gotta... You got to abide by this certain set of rules. Right. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, women who don't, well, oh, that's not ladylike. That's not, what the fuck does that even mean? Mm -hmm. If it's A-OK, and I know people criticize me for my mouth, but if it's A-OK for a dude Mm -hmm. to host a podcast and do what I do, but then people would look look a little cross-eyed at a lady a female mm-hmm. for do, for being in my role doing what what I do yeah. saying the things I say in the way that I say that doesn't make any sense to me yeah and that reminds me of another woman that I love <laughs> oh good good uh amy schumer oh yeah and i know that she's a controversial figure and that many people hate her and uh, spend a lot of time trying to trash the things that she's involved in that is a weird her in thing. general her, but the, the the troll factor with her yeah is concerted insane organized and insane yeah it's very very weird but i think it means that she's striking a chord yeah a lot of mras aren't a fan a lot of people who are uncomfortable with the way that she is and the way that she is is (laughs) very comfortable with who she is yeah she's comfortable at the weight that she's at she's comfortable being a little inappropriate and saying dirty things um and people don't like that they make fun of her comedy and say oh it's all about sex Eh." 
oh, really? What other male comedians only talk about sex? Is it not okay for females to do that? Yeah. Um, and I, I like that she posts self-deprecating images on her Instagram and she just <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. care yeah, and she's yeah. very comfortable with it. And I think that that is inspirational as well because these young girls that are on Instagram now, it's so concerning to me that they see all of these images of perfection constantly all day long you know well you've got celebrities like uh the kardashians who are photoshopping making sure every single blemish is out right. even beyonce who's someone to, to be admired by some does that same kind of shit right and that sends a bad message for young girls that, yeah that there, that there is this unachievable yeah uh beauty standard yeah that fucks with girls heads yeah and so i like that she posts photos of her with food on her face and wearing rags <laughs> uh it makes me happy yeah you know i wonder i i would i would like to see also uh, as along with international women's day is you know, with the intersectionality aspect of this mm. is you know a little attention to be paid also to to trans women because mm -hmm. right now it is uh one i think it's probably better for trans women mm -hmm. than it has ever been mm -hmm. um in one aspect but then another aspect it might not be because it's terrible having to live in the shadows mm-hmm I, I would imagine, yeah, having never lived in the shadows or been a shadowy figure. Mm -hmm. um, but it's got to be good to be able to be um, out of the shadows. But then being out of the shadows also brings scrutiny. So, you know, I think taking a moment to, if, if you know someone who's trans or you're connected somehow, even if it's online to someone who's on trans, to to reach out. Yeah. Say something to them today, too. That would be a... Uh, a noble endeavor. Look at you, Jesse D. <laughs> taking care of everybody. Uh, I'm such a taking care of everybody guy. Yeah. Well, and then I have to, of course, give recognition to my favorite woman, Katie, my best friend. Yes. Who is the best human that I know. And I I get teary every time we <laughs> talk about... I'm about to start crying. Yeah, every time we talk about um, your best friend, I get a little... I get a little emotional yeah she's the best and if you seriously just i i'm someone who is constantly telling people that i love that i love them and probably complimenting people too much that it makes them uncomfortable too, <laughs> complimenting people too much it's like britney's theory on too much customer service well i feel I like too much love if i like something about <laughs> someone or i like somebody i'm gonna tell them yeah and no, right on. i am going to tell them too much so <laughs> Um, have to give her recognition. Yeah. That's the point of that. So reach out to somebody today. Yeah. Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate them and why you appreciate them. Um, I mean, obviously, International Women's Day would be, it would be great to honor the, the holiday and the tradition to do so that way. But if you got even, uh, give a little love to a man if you're, if you just can't wrap your brain around thinking of a woman. Yeah. It would make Tucker Carlson really happy if you did that. Yeah, I saw a screenshot of a show. Yeah, about he's the, starting a new segment. Something about men in America. Yeah. Oh. Well, he said they're ignored, you know. And oh, Jesus. So he, <laughs> so stupid. He needs to ensure that they don't feel alone, you know. And, you know, he's talking about white men in America. Mm. Tucker Carlson doing yeah. the heavy lifting for America. Take it up for the white man who's he's been held down for too long in this country. Yeah. Finally, we have a spokesman 
I have a representative in the media right now. Finally, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fucking moron extraordinaire. Tucker Carlson. All right. Well, let's, uh, shall we move on? Yes. Get to a couple of uh, voicemails. I think that would be a good idea. Do we have any emails that we're going to get to? Possibly. All right. Here we go. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Uh, just want to touch on a tiny little thing in your last episode. So here on the beautiful south coast of British Columbia, we call our big city Vancouver, not Vancouver. You have to add the G in there. All right. Thanks. Bye. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so can you, uh, I'm going to need to hear it several times in order to figure Va- this out. Vancouver. What? Vancouver. Vancouver. Well, if you say it, it's, listen, when I, when I hear this, <laughs> my immediate, and I know he was just giving us a little razz there, but mm-hmm. when I first hear, hear things like this, I bristle a little bit. It's just natural to bristle, but it takes me about three seconds to realize, no, no, this is information I want to know because I am, I'm not from there, but for years and years, I lived in a city that is mispronounced by people who don't live there. Mm-hmm. Boise. Yeah. People who are not from Boise call it Boise. Yeah, I still call it Boise. Yeah, and it's Boise. People who live there call it Boise. Yes. Um, another Canadian city, by the way, thank you, Michael. Um, another uh, Canadian city that people in America pronounce incorrectly mm-hmm. is Toronto. Mm. We call it Toronto. Yeah. But they don't pronounce that second T. It's just Toronto. <laughs> and the same with, with Vancouver. Yeah, this is a and lot. And now of work. I'm really putting a little a little juice on the G. Yeah. But the reason I call it Vancouver is because we have a Vancouver in Washington, in Washington, just north of Portland, right? And you know, but another one would be like New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. This doesn't really fit with the theme, but, and I won't say this person's name because I don't want to shame them, but this is a funny story. My friend was calling La Jolla La Jolla. Mm. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for well, them he, to hear he, this. He, this, is, and, this, is, <laughs> it, this is perfect because just what Michael did, I don't know if Michael dropped his name, but it was in the email. Um, what Michael did was correct us. Yeah. You corrected this person. And so he was very upset that his partner didn't tell him that he's been pronouncing it wrong yeah. in front of everybody. Yeah, that's a bummer. And I said, well, I think that he might not love you. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's I'm, a good, I'm, no, that's I'm a sure good he, indication. I'm sure he does. I mean, we're going to need to get to the bottom of why he's not correcting you. But it's it's okay. What's It's like... If if so, if you know somebody has something in their goddamn teeth, yes, and you don't tell them, hey, you got shit in your teeth. It's sabotage. That's a bummer. If, yeah. if someone's zippers down, you have to just you say, tell. Hey, man, yes, your dick's getting ready to fall out. What is the problem? Why do people feel so uncomfortable doing this? I I don't know because I am not one of those people. If somebody has shit in their teeth, yeah, if you have something in your teeth or a long nose hair that's just getting ready to be braided, yeah, or I like, say, hey, you, you got something going on, yeah, there. or like a bug hanging out of yeah, your nose, bugs. anything, anything. Just tell people they need to know, they want to know. It's not awkward. Just don't. You don't even need to. You making it awkward is going to make it awkward. It doesn't need to be awkward. Hey, you have a little bit of a bug hanging out. You might want to <laughs> remedy that. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it uh, <laughs> As not awkward mm-hmm. as telling somebody that they have like shit sandwich breath. 
Hey, have you been uh, dining on like, a, you know, a platter of shit sandwiches because <laughs> your breath is gross? Okay. It's more difficult to tell someone that they smell. Why? Why? Um, it's easier to, to tell them they look funny. Well, oh, you I'm, look fucked up. I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's just a better way to go about addressing the stink factor. You are stink. Yeah. The, you know, hey, uh, would you like a mint? I'm taking a mint. <laughs> I am partaking in this mint. Would you like to partake in a mint? I think the the the, <laughs> the obvious follow up would be: Do I need a mint? Well, you know what? Just don't ask that question. Stop asking that question. I don't like when people I need do that. Information. Okay, I have Brittany. an email to read. All right. This is from Wayne in the UK. I watched the last episode live, and it was all going well, um, as well as it normally does, when something happened that really pissed me off. When talking about Hope Hicks, Jesse was very dismissive of her and cited her age as a problem. This went down like a shit sandwich with me. Wait, what? <laughs> what is happening? And also with Brittany from her look of discombobulation. Now, I would like to pause because people have been talking about the way I looked when you said this, but I wasn't silent. I, well, they're watching it on the live. I, the... went, I went to tango with you hmm. a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I addressed it. Is Wayne, people... is Wayne my twin? Uh, my black twin I don't, I don't know were we were we like separated at birth because the first time in history a black although i don't think that's the case a white baby and a black baby came out and they thought it would be too hard so they shipped maybe they shipped me off uh-huh. from the uk yeah. to, to america well before i finish reading this email i do need to give a bit of a disclaimer because i'm gonna be having to say naughty words because it is from wayne in the uk now, Jesse, you now, Jesse, my man, you displayed traits of someone who has been programmed to think that a, the age of someone is directly correlated with their intellectual worth. I couldn't disagree more. It may have been a reflex action from learned behavior, but to cite her age as a reason to not take her seriously is not a very progressive trait. She may well indeed be. Here it is a cunt, but I don't know that unless I hear her words, see her actions, and can judge her on the character of her heart. I think that someone once said something like that. But this narrative of stay in your lane based on your age is not helpful. I'm 36 and... and Not twins. (laughs) And am intellectually inferior to many younger than me, and at the same time can run rings around many older than myself in debates. This linear construct of time is not a means to value one's worth by how much of it you have spent existing. More so, it's one of what you have done with that time. Be a good place to drop the Sienna drop. (laughs) You know, I love you guys. Just things like this boil my piss. The community you have grown is the best part. Toodles. What in the fuck? They Mm -hmm. boil his piss. Correct. That is an expression I need to take on board. Yeah. That just boils my piss. Yeah, so I think that we I think that we addressed this pretty much on the last episode, although I appreciate Wayne adding his voice well, to the I conversation. Still, I still hold the position I hold and not just based on the age. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I we are done. I I as soon as you interrupt me, I forget everything that I was saying <laughs> because I have to focus on what is so important. That wow. you have to say. This is the most important thing that's ever about to be said right I now. I wish I hadn't broken the bell last time because <laughs> it would be fucking dinging off the ding right now. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't just based on her age. Look, w- w- she's not a character we don't know. And it, unless she was some super genius, 
If she's of standard uh, intellect for a 29-year-old, she's not capable and qualified, doesn't have the political wherewithal, the messaging experience to be the communications director for the White House working for the president of the United States. She just doesn't. So it's not about her age on its face, but that is certainly one indication of, wow, she's 29? Is she, how is she qualified other than, I mean, she has a communications degree, which, you know, right? So, so, I may have said that every college athlete who just getting by in college goes and gets a communications degree. Right. So it's not to denigrate a communications degree if you have one, but it's not, it's not, you know, uh, rocket science. It's not physics. It's, you know, it's one of the easier to achieve degrees. So that's what we talked about on the last episode which that's more relevant though than her age because you can also reference ben shapiro who graduated from wherever he graduated ucla at whatever age he graduated so he's he's someone who is very intelligent who's very capable and accomplished many great things at a very young age for sure but we know that not to be the case about her right but you don't cite that first you cite her age first and it could be that she has achieved things that she does know things as a 29 year old but she hasn't achieved those things necessary to have that knowledge to be working in the position she's in it doesn't matter that she's 29 it's that she doesn't have the qualifications. She's been working for Donald Trump her whole life, handling his biz. She hasn't been working in government. She hasn't been... Well, she was initially trying to get a fashion line off the ground with with Ivanka. Exactly. I, I, so I criticize that. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Uh, that It's not the first thing to... But it's an easy um, general marker that things are a little bit askew. Mm-hmm. Generally... 29-year-olds, if you generalize the population, are not capable or qualified to be the communications director for the United States White House, for the, for the president, generally. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would also say generally most 29-year-olds uh, are not qualified to do open-heart surgery. Uh, it, right. It, it, the age doesn't matter. It's about the education and qualifications. So I was, there are many people who are 40 years old who haven't achieved things to be in positions of power, right? Yeah, sure. There are many people who get to the end of their life and die and haven't ever <laughs> attained the education that they right, need but, to be but, in those positions. But if you look at, if you look at uh, every... Every communications director that has served in that position since the position has existed, one, they're probably all men, so that's you know not a great uh, marker for my for my argument here. But but you know there's there are certain consistencies, probably uh, traits that they share, whether it be education levels, experience levels, having worked in government, understanding the needs of the job. The, the pitfalls that might that one might uh, encounter uh, if and this is again gonna not shine well on me but you know if if uh, Stephen Miller was the communications director and he's young I, I think he's probably the same age maybe 32 uh, I wouldn't say well he's not he's too young to do that job because he's also worked in government a long time as a, as a press secretary as a representative for for sessions. Senator Sessions, Jeff Sessions. Mm-hmm. And so he has experience in that field. So you're right. I shouldn't have that. It was a, it was lazy to initially just say age. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't think I would have said age had it been someone who had worked in government and, you know, had who was who was even mildly qualified for the job at the same age. Mm -hmm. Woman, man, whatever. I don't know. Like I said, yeah, I was lazy. I shouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. Well, I I, and I appreciate that. (laughs) I think that it's very common for people to do this. And this is just my own bias, probably. But I think it's more common for women. Um, to hear this kind of thing so yeah, probably I, and it, but I don't it, think for me it doesn't help her that she's attractive uh, because people can use that line of mm. oh yeah the only reason she has her job right and I see a lot of like oh she needs to get on her knees but blah, blah, blah. that's how she got her job I, I let me tell you something if you tweet me and you say a comment like that about like, Tommy Laren and you're expecting me to retweet it or like it or respond to it with anything other than shitting in your mouth, uh, look somewhere else because I don't acknowledge that. that. That is shitty. Well, and I I will tell you, it it's one of the things that pisses me off the most because I have heard that kind of stuff my whole life. And I have often in interactions with men had to be like, does this person actually give a shit about what I'm saying or are they trying to F me? Like what's happening? Here? Yeah, yeah. And that gets very um, irritating. And even in like uh, grad school, when you get a good grade or something um, in college, whatever, and you, you talk about how you got this good grade and then you hear these comments of, oh, well, your professor probably just wants to bang you. Yeah. And those comments. Or maybe I fucking did really well. Yeah, it's, the got worst. A good grade. it's the worst. And so my favorite classes were always when I had male professors that did blind grading and I still got an A. And I was like, this was blind. There was no bias. There was no giving me yeah, yeah. a grade because I'm blonde, whatever. Um, and then I could take that to people and shove it, you know, right. In their <laughs> asshole. But yeah, so I think I have, I'm particularly sensitive to those comments based on my personal experience. So I do try to be aware of that and mm-hmm. not lash out at you based on my own personal experience with those shitty comments. Uh, well, look, I could be more careful. It's probably not going to happen. I'm probably still going to... Oh, cool. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Tina in Las Vegas. And I'm listening to your newest podcast. Um, about the NRA and all the gun laws and everything. And I'm sitting in rush hour traffic behind a stupid vehicle that has an NRA sticker, an AR-15 sticker, an assault addiction sticker, and a Let's Make America Great Again sticker. And it's all I can do not to ram them. (laughs) If I didn't have a nice car, oh, it would be so tempting. And I was just thinking, like, what if I was one of the people that were victims here in the Las Vegas shooting, or what if my kid had been a victim at one of the schools? How would you feel seeing that? Like, it's so frustrating to me that people don't think that we need change, and we so do need change (laughs) of some kind. And, you know, I'm a gun owner myself, but it's only a handgun. So, I don't know. It's, It's just super frustrating to me. But I just wanted to say hi. I've been meaning to call. I'm um, a Patreon supporter, and I love what you guys do, and I love hearing your views because it helps me have a conversation with people that are opposed to my views. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I do agree, Brittany's the best part, but Jesse, you may see you out loud. 
Have a good day. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So she also sent us, thank you, Tina. She sent us a picture of this car that she was behind in traffic. And I'm sure that everyone can relate to this experience. The driver of this, this car, this, this like, you know, Nissan Xterra. Yeah. I was going to say mini SUV is a dick bag. The, 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 the driver of this car is a goddamn moron. So with their Punisher stickers on the back. When you try, sorry, go ahead. No, go God ahead. Damn. You're going to well, go no, on a just, little jag. It just, it, when you try to act like you're, I'm for the Second Amendment rights of self-defense, and then you plaster your car with bumper stickers of a of a comic book character who is a fucking vigilante, a criminal. Come on, get the fuck out of here. It's the same with, with these, these police departments and their Blue Lives Matter, and they're using the Punisher symbol. Fuck you. God damn. So one of the stickers has... Uh, what I'm assuming is some sort of assault rifle and it says assault addiction. Assault addiction. Yeah. And then a let's, let's make America great again sticker. Yeah. A giant NRA sticker. That's the biggest sticker and a Raiders. They're a Raiders fan. Let me see. Am I wrong about the Punisher thing? No, it's right there above the assault addiction, that skull thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Tina, thanks for your call. Listen, I'm a, I think inside the skull, it says AR-15. Uh, even worse. Just fuck off. Kind of blurry. It is. Um, I think we are seeing change. And there's always going to be this element. Um, if if by some miracle we're able to ban the AR-15, do another assault rifle, assault weapons ban in America, there's always going to be this type of person who feels like they are the the subject of the government's oppression because they're not allowed to own... Uh, a weapon of war. But the same Dingleberry is not even talking about the fact that he can't own a fully automatic weapon. He's not talking about not being able to own an AT4, uh, an RPG, some kind of a mortar, uh, you know, a surface-to-air missile system sitting in his fucking backyard. He doesn't worry about that because that's not that's not legal now. But because because the government gave him a little taste of owning what is by all accounts a weapon of war, a weapon of mass murder, not a weapon of defense, a weapon of assault, a weapon of offense, offense. Um, They don't say anything with their fucking Punisher stickers. So anyway, thank you, Tina. We appreciate the call very much. This actually reminds me that Dana Lash, the poor man's Demi Moore, with NRA TV, put out another one of her goddamn overwrought, fear-mongering commercials that went mildly viral this last week. And here, unfortunately for everyone, it is. We've had enough of the lies, the sanctimony, the arrogance, the hatred, the pettiness, the fake news. We are done with your agenda to undermine voters' will and individual liberty in America. So to every line member of the media, to every Hollywood phony, to the role model athletes who use their free speech to alter and undermine what our flag represents, to the politicians who would rather watch America burn than lose one ounce of their own personal power, to the late night hosts who think their opinions are the only opinions that matter, to the Joanne Reeds, the Morning Joes, the Mikas, to those who stain honest reporting with partisanship, to those who bring bias and propaganda to CNN, The Washington Post, 
and the New York Times, your time is running out. The clock starts now. Let me let me tell you something. When you are running away with the narrative of the president of the United States on this fucking fake news thing, and you are attacking very lauded, respected, award-winning journalistic organizations like the New York Times and the Washington Post, get the fuck out of here. You're clearly an organization dedicated to propaganda, and you're not to be respected. Dana Lash... You fucking clown. So I I do uh, want to say that I, I think she was less angry in this one. She kind of toned it down a little bit. Yeah, it's still, if you, it's, your time is up. Yeah, I'm not defending her. The clock I'm, starts. Na- I mean, it's I'm, still... I'm making a comment about normally it's talking about fire and fury yeah, and time. <laughs> for and, sure. And time to... Protect from the the terrorism of the left. It, there's there's normally very the way she's using her voice uh, in this one is different than she has used it in the past. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if she is. This is like a mild reaction to the criticism, some sort of adjustment to the criticism that she's received because she doesn't want to hear it as much. Of course, this commercial was also not well received, and she still has. Uh, been getting criticism for doing a vague call to arms against yeah. the media. Um, so I don't know. I I think it's disturbing, and I'm happy that John Oliver took some time on his latest show last week tonight to talk about NRA TV <laughs> because what a weird ass channel that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why how they get these. Well, I know how. I you know. I, be having been in the military and, and served around these guys. There's there's a lot of dudes. Again, this is one of those things where it's the, we've lowered the bar for heroes so much. All you have to do is serve, and all of a sudden you you need to be respected and have drinks bought for you. And uh, and there's a lot of dick bags in the service, even among the ranks of Navy SEALs. And there's this one character over there on Inner ATV that, that John Oliver was talking about that is just it's it's fucking weird. Your whole life is surrounding guns and this channel, this NRA TV, their entire narrative is that right now in America, there's it is a, a moment in our history that owning weapons is is more necessary than it ever has been. And uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a channel steeped in paranoia and fear. It's a channel that is dedicated to terrorism is the biggest threat you face the crime waves the the sleeper cells it, it's it's very fucking weird yeah it exists solely to ratchet up fear for sure and, so go buy a gun oh my god which is interesting because this narrative worked best when um obama was president because he's going to come get your guns. Right. And so it's interesting that they still are able to continue it <laughs> regardless. It, it yeah. doesn't matter who's in power. They they still find a way to create that fear and keep people relying on their message and wanting to buy more guns. Yeah. Weird. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody for the calls, for the emails, for the voicemails. We appreciate it uh, very much. We, Brittany and I, very soon are going to do a call-in episode where we live stream to YouTube so you know (laughs) 
whether we're on the phone with someone and we can interact maybe with the larger YouTube audience, uh, we want to kind of pull the audience and know when would be the best day and time for that. Reach out to us if you're in the Dollamore listener group. Uh, tell us there. Or you can tell us on Facebook. Tweet at us, I doubt it podcast or at Dollamore at Brittany E. Page. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would love to hear some scheduling notes on that because that is something we're looking forward to doing. We also have uh, very soon coming up, uh, we're going to have Adam Simon. The, the Hollywood dude, we're going to have him back on the show. He just wrote a movie with Joe Carnahan, mm-hmm. um, the, the writer and director of The Grey with Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. Smoking Aces, which was an awesome film. Anyway, Adam Simon doing some great work with some legendary Hollywood people, and we're going to have him back on and maybe even do like a we're going to we'll film the podcast, not just do a live thing as I smash my mic with my hand like a professional. Um, anyway. Um, before we move on, go rate and review the podcast. Um, I'm reminded of this because we got a less than stellar review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bound to happen. Like a six word review, which means they're not really committed to, to doing it right. So go to iTunes, go to whatever platform on which you listen to the show through which you listen to the show and, uh, rate and review the show. Give us an honest rating. If you're really dedicated, you could write a few words. That would be awesome. Uh, We love you guys. No profanity in the review. That's right. Apple Podcasts will not display that review. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Henry. Henry. Henry increased his pledge. I think Henry doubled. He doubled his, his pledge. pledge. That's right. That is. I didn't know you want me to specify when I. Well, we're not specifying. I'm just, you know, I want to give a little uh, extra juice to Henry. All right. We there love- we go. We love Henry from Austin. Yeah. One of our favorites who, by the way, Guy, we haven't seen you on the on the Patreon calls, mm-hmm. and we miss you. We'd like to we'd like to hang out. And those of you who who are who have not joined us on the Patreon calls, we we would love to meet you too. They're always a good time. That they're end of the month. I don't know if we scheduled them yet. I'm sure Brittany has, but um, I have not. <laughs> but they will be on the twenty, the thirtieth, and the thirty first. Oh, right at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. If you are not ready to support the show on Patreon, that is okay. You, if you shop on Amazon, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon and buy all the crazy shit you normally buy. Uh, we get a little bit of that. If you're going to spend your money anyway, you don't pay anymore, blah, blah, blah. Also, do the rate and review thing. Follow us on iTunes or on, uh, on Twitter and all that. And Maybe we should just move on since I can't talk and... Don't know what I'm saying. Good times. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Getting a little stormy in the White House, Brittany. Yeah, it is. Here, See what I did there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was real good. No, it was not. I mean... <laughs> Got to give the men some credit when they try. So, Stormy Dan, this Stormy Daniels thing is maybe going to turn out to be a big time bomber. 
mm-hmm. for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I saw that he had bought a couple houses across from the, the Beverly Hills Hotel on Twitter. Some investigative journalist. Um, it's not looking good for him. Sarah Huckabee Sanders spilled the beans yesterday during the press briefing that they were actually in arbitration with her and were it's there's just it's a mess. It is a mess, including the fact that now Stormy Daniels is suing Donald Trump over the non-disclosure agreement. Some new legal trouble for President Trump. Stormy Daniels, the adult film star who said she had an affair with Trump more than a decade ago, is now filing a lawsuit against the president, arguing that the non-disclosure agreement she signed right before the 2016 election is not valid. Our chief national correspondent, Tom Yamas, has the story. Good morning, Tom. George, good morning to you. And with this lawsuit, the non-disclosure agreement has now been made public. Using aliases, it lays out the agreement between Stormy Daniels and President Trump. That, according to the complaint, But now Daniel says it's null and void, which could mean she's free to tell her story. This morning, President Trump and his personal legal team have a new problem with an old foe, Stormy Daniels. The adult entertainment star filed this civil lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court, arguing a non-disclosure agreement she signed was not binding because it was missing something essential, President Trump's signature. Daniels claims in their agreement they used aliases, saying President Trump was referred to as David Dennison and she was Peggy Peterson. In her lawsuit, a copy of the agreement shows a blank space where she says Mr. Trump would have signed. This lawsuit is also the first time Daniels has admitted publicly to signing a non-disclosure agreement. Do you have a non-disclosure agreement? Do I? You can't say whether you have a non-disclosure agreement, but if you didn't have a non-disclosure agreement, you most certainly could say, I don't have a non-disclosure agreement. Yes? You're so smart, Jimmy. Before the agreement, Daniels told her story to In Touch magazine back in 2011. She says she met the future president in July of 2006 in Lake Tahoe at a celebrity golf tournament. Snapping this photo with him, she later posted on her MySpace page. Daniels told the magazine Trump, then a reality star, invited her to his hotel suite where they had sex. And afterwards, she says Trump told her, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. I have to see you again. You're amazing. We have to get you on The Apprentice. In the magazine interview, Daniels also claiming her affair with Trump lasted about a year when Trump was a newlywed. He had been married to Melania a little over a year. His son, Baron, had been born three or four months prior to that. According to her lawsuit, the so-called agreement was finalized 11 days before the election. And just three weeks ago, the president's longtime personal attorney, Michael Cohen, admitted to paying $130,000 of his own money to Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford. But Cohen said in a statement, Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford and neither reimbursed me for the payment, either directly or indirectly. Now, legal experts are mixed on whether Daniels has a case. One lawyer we spoke to says no signature by one of the parties raises the question whether the agreement was ever finalized. Cohen nor the White House has commented yet on this new development. And in that denial, he doesn't deny that Donald Trump may have told him or paid him. Never says that. And the lawsuit also lines out that Cohen should have told President Trump about this because he is his lawyer. Tom Yamas, thanks very much. You know, here's this is just informational purposes for you, the clip. I, I don't have much commentary. I want to see what, what kind of transpires. The problem with this kind of stuff is one lawyer says this, one lawyer says that, who are unrelated to the case. It's not even like 
a supporter of the president who's a lawyer takes one position and then one who's opposed takes another. It's it's so convoluted. We're going to have to kind of dive into this and find out. Um, but what what I'm a trend that I'm seeing that I think is weird is people who like, oh, you know, the porn star or whatever her name is. Uh, they act like they don't know the name, not like they're a fan of her work or whatever. <laughs> but like even uh, Nia Malika Henderson mm-hmm. on CNN was like, you know, her, you know, her her real name's like Stephanie Clifford or something. Like they, they all, it's this weird distancing language. Like they, they know the details of the story. Right. I, I didn't. I'd never heard of Stormy Daniels until all this broke. But now I, you know, I know Stormy Daniels. I know her. The the, the Stephanie Clifford. You know the details because you're you're in the news. You 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 pay attention to the stories. Yeah. I think it's weird that people use like they want to make sure you know that you're not a. You know, you're not a fucking porn addict who's mm-hmm. checking out her work all the time. It's just fucking weird. Yeah, I think is his name. I don't know his name. The one that we saw on CNN yesterday that Shep had gotten into it with years ago. Oh, um, I forgot Zellin. his name. Yeah. Larry Zellin or something. Yeah, he was also acting like that. Like, Jerry Zellin. He, he even made the comment, whoever watches that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> What are you doing? Come on, bro. You that's you're trying way too hard. He owns everything on Laserdisc. He takes out a picture of her in his wallet. I mean, that's the level that I'm expecting from someone who's trying to steep that low in that denial. Right. Whoever watches that trash. <laughs> oh. When, <laughs> mark one up for Brittany Page. That was great. Sorry. So the, the other thing, and this isn't Stormy Daniels related. This is related to yesterday's meeting uh, in the East Room of the White House with the Prime Minister of Sweden, where they go in, they do their little mini presser. It's In no way is it a press conference. He's still over a year without a press conference. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump refuses, afraid, terrified to face the media by sitting down and doing an hour or 90 minutes of a press conference. So he takes, they take two questions each. <laughs> two questions each. One from uh, American media and then one from, from Swedish media. And actually, of course, Donald Trump went to, went to John Roberts of, I believe, CNN. Yeah. I mean, um, Fox News yeah. first. So he, he goes to good old Fox News and the the Swedish the Swedish prime minister goes to Swedish media and, and they were the ones who asked the question that was the best. And I'm going to play this. I did a video on it yesterday, but I want to talk about it a little bit more in depth because it is it's very telling of where Donald Trump's headed. And I know listen, this is this is circumstantial evidence of of involvement in the Russia thing. But how much circumstantial evidence has to pile up before we start saying there's something going on here. This is the question. And listen to Donald Trump's answer. She asks, what could what could Sweden learn from the United States relative to the involvement and the meddling and the interference of Russia in your election? What could we learn as a country from that? Donald Trump answers and then does the most clumsy, shitty pivot to what the results of the 2018 elections are going to look like. We'll stop and start as we go, but ugh. Uh, this is an election year for both of our countries, and I want to ask you, Mr. Trump, what do you think Sweden should learn from how the Russian influence campaign affected the 
presidential election in the U.S. Well, the Russians had no impact on our votes whatsoever, uh, but certainly there was meddling and probably... Right there, he acknowledges that Russia did do something because later he's going to like, well, maybe they didn't. Maybe it, he says, well, Russia had no, no impact on the on the actual results of the election. Right. That's what's most problematic to me is that he's still viewing this situation through the lens of does it personally affect me? Right. OK, it doesn't because everything's fine with me. I'm president. It worked out for me. So, yeah. Uh, I don't care because he doesn't give a that. fuck about the country. He the only reason that he's talking about this and responding to this question is so that he can reassure everyone that he, he won legitimately. He, yeah, he's legitimately the president of the United States and there's no issue with the votes. Right. And he should care a little bit more because it isn't just about him. It's about the democratic process and our elections going forward. It's not just about you, guy. Yeah, our ability to pick our own leaders yeah. without interference from a hostile foreign power. There was meddling from other countries and maybe other individuals. And I think you have to be uh, really watching very closely. You don't want your system of votes to be compromised in any way. And we won't allow that to happen. We're doing a very, very deep study. And we're coming out with some, I think, very strong suggestions on... The 18 election. I think we're going to do very well in the 18 election. Although Again. historically, Here those we go. in the White House have a little bit of a dip. But I think we're going to do well because the economy is so good and because we're protecting our job like our jobs are being protected finally, like with what we're doing with the tariffs. But the big thing <laughs> would be the tax cut and the regulations cuts. Uh, also, the judges. I mean, we have outstanding judges. Judge Gorsuch in the Supreme Court oh, and many, God. many judges going onto the bench all over the country. So I think we're going to do very well. Uh, and I think it'll be a tremendous surprise to people how well it's... Uh, the economy <laughs> is so good. Jobs are so good. He does kind of circle back, Black though. unemployment, Hispanic unemployment. Oh, Jesus. all-time lows. I mean, we're really, we're really doing well. So based on that, I guess we should do pretty well, and I hope so. But you have to be very vigilant. And one of the things we're learning is it's always good. It's old-fashioned. But it's always good to have a paper backup system of voting. It's called paper, not... Brittany, it's called paper. What is even happening Let me, right I'm going to explain this to you. Listen, all you dummies out there. It's a thing called paper. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, it's, it's wood pulp that is smashed and pressed and somehow woven into a fiber that is made into what's called paper, Brittany. He's explaining cutting-edge technology. Right. It's called paper. I'm glad that he took the time to do that. We're not going to listen to the rest of it, so fuck that guy. What was the question again? I... What could Sweden learn from America's experience with the Russia interference in the elections? Uh, and then he starts talking about black unemployment. <laughs> it's not even artful. What are you saying? All he's trying to do is I... God damn, what is going on And everyone me? has to pretend like he is this person that deserves respect because he's the president of the United States. So they just have to sit there and listen to his word salad. I, I, I don't understand why we're still yeah. trying to act like we need to respect this person. I'm, I mean, the press. I know that these things have to be in place so there's not like a breakdown in society, but it's very frustrating to listen to him, to listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, 
respond to questions in a way that if someone did that to you in your personal life, you would wonder if they were okay cognitively. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not following what you're saying and they're responding to a different question. You would wonder, is something going on? Is this person like... Right. Okay, but because they're, but your, they're just your, manipulative right, and in, lying. In your regular life, you don't encounter people who intentionally misdirect. Right. That are constantly trying to fool you, constantly trying to get one over on you. It's exhausting to be around people like this. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the larger problem here is the fact that why is Donald Trump dedicated to not admitting that Russia interfered? Why has Donald Trump, and it's it, people could say it's because he, as we talked about earlier, wants everyone to believe he was legitimately elected and, and they didn't interfere in the vote. But why does he never say anything bad about, he has not said one single cross sentence about Vladimir Putin. Why is that? Why has there been zero effort Despite his claims of studies and and these nebulous ideas that there's no no proof of, why have we done nothing to counter a future attack, a future set of events that will lead us to another outcome like we experienced in 2016? Why? Because by all accounts, from testimony we've heard from the leaders of our intelligence organizations, like Admiral Mike Rogers at the National Security Agency. They say, oh yeah, no, for sure, they're gearing up. Dan Coates, the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, he says, oh yeah, yep, it's, uh, it's happening. Why are we not doing something to counter it? And it has to come from Donald Trump. He's the president. He's the, the executive of the, com- of the country the chief executive of the United States over the executive branch, which all of these different agencies and and, um, entities operate under. So he's the boss. Here's Admiral Mike Rogers talking to Senator Jack Reed from Rhode Island, and he gets asked, listen, uh, is it a threat? Yes, it's a threat. Um, Have you been asked to do something or have you done anything? And Mike Rogers says, well, no, uh, but I have to be asked. I have to be told to do it. I can't just do it... um, Statutorily, I can't just choose on my own to take action against um, a bad actor on the world stage. I have to be told by the boss, by the president of the United States, indicating that he hasn't been told. Very much, Mr. Chairman. Again, thank you, Admiral Rogers, for not only your testimony but your service. I have a series of questions, and I think they require just sort of yes or no answers. That the mission of the national mission teams under DOD cyber strategies to blunt cyber attacks against the United States of, quote, significant consequences. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. The Russia's... Although, if I could, I'd phrase it as that's an accurate mission for cyber command. We haven't necessarily defined it specifically down on the team level, but I understand the point you're trying to make, sir. Now, is Russia's ongoing campaign to steal and leak confidential information from our candidates and political parties to plant and amplify misinformation in social media to break into state election board networks of significant consequence to our national security? It's certainly if successful. Yes. Do you agree with the DNI Coates testimony that uh, they will continue to conduct cyber operations to achieve strategic objectives unless they face clear repercussions? Yes, sir, and that was my testimony as well in that hearing. 
Is Russia attempting to achieve a strategic objective by influencing U.S. public opinion in elections? Yes, sir. I believe they're attempting to undermine our institutions. Now, aside from our intelligence agencies operating under a presidential finding, are there any other organizations other than the Cyber Command Cyber Mission Forces that have the authority and capability to disrupt Russian election hacking operations where they originate? Uh, does the FBI, DHS, all the states, the private sector have such authorities or capabilities? You could argue probably only the, the again, that there's a legal aspect to this that I'm not the most qualified, but probably you'd argue some combination of DOD, DOJ have the standing authority in that regard. But the mission teams, particularly at the origin of these attacks, have the authority to do so. If granted the authority, and I don't have the day-to-day -day authority to do that, if granted the authority. So you would need basically to be directed by the President through the Secretary of Defense? To yes, sir. As I, in fact, I mentioned that in my statement. Have you been directed to do so, given the strategic threat that faces the United States and the significant consequences you recognize already? No, I have not, but if I could flesh this out, I'll, I'll say something in an open unclassified. I'd be glad to go into more details yes, in a classified. Um, based on the authority that I have as a commander, I have directed the National Mission Force to begin some specific work. I'd rather not publicly go into that right. using the authorities that I retain as a commander in this mission space. So as, as inherent ability of a commander to prepare, plan, yes, sir. and structure, but you need the authority. You need the direct authority of the president through the Secretary of Defense. To do some specific things. Some there, specific authority. There are some things I have the authority, and I am acting within that right. authority now, not but, waiting. But we're, essentially, we have not taken on the Russians yet. We're, we're, we're watching them intrude in our elections, spread misinformation, become more sophisticated, uh, try to achieve strategic objectives that you have recognized, and we're just essentially sitting back and waiting. I don't know if I would characterize it as we're sitting back and waiting, but I, I will say it's probably, and again, I apologize, I don't want right. to get into the classified here. Um, it's probably fair to say that we have not opted to engage in some of the same behaviors that we are seeing. All of that is very disturbing. That Donald Trump, because Congress can't direct people to do things. They can write laws, but we're not doing anything to ensure that this doesn't happen again. More evidence of that is the fact that the State Department was allotted $120 million specifically earmarked to fight Russian election interference. That st same State Department has spent zero dollars of that 120 million to do so. What the fuck is going on? Circumstantial, yes. But it paints a very clear picture about the priorities of this president. It paints a very clear picture about the fact that Donald Trump just doesn't give a shit because it benefits him or what I believe is that Vladimir Putin has something damaging enough on Donald Trump that he his hand he cannot speak ill. He cannot put up a defense. And we've got Republicans in Congress who are allowing this to happen, who are selling their country out because they have power and the majority, and they like being in the majority.
Yeah, it is interesting the things that the Republicans in Congress, that what they're willing to comment on and then what they choose to be silent about. I haven't heard any of them talk about Stormy Daniels. Right. Uh, they're not taking him to task over this. Wait, wait, why not? They're the family values party. They're the they're the values voters. Why would they not? That's that's anathema to me. Yeah, but I can't imagine them not saying something. But then he talks about the trade war, and many of them have something to say. Right. So we know they can hear him. Yeah. <laughs> they know we we know that they are keeping tabs on the things that he's saying and doing. Yet they choose to be silent on other very important issues and topics. So why is that? Power. Majority. All right. We're going to leave it there. I've got another clip because we were going to go into the chaos in the White House and all the different people, these players who are moving out, who are uh, leaving, who are quitting because of the chaos. Gary Cohn, the budget uh, advisor, for the White House has left because of this tariff bullshit. Um, but we'll save that for next time, if we get to it. We are going to end the show, though, with the little asshole of today. It's the asshole of today. Um, her name is, uh, sorry, I've been sneezing. I know. Uh, I'm getting I've, I've sneezed like 10 times. Very tired of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Why um, do I get so aggravated with the sneezing? It's because you hate me. I, I, there's no other reason. No, it's, so, a, it's a weird, I have a weird thing where people, you, there are other people, Brett, my best friend. Yeah, everyone is a sneezes. fucking weird sneeze. Not like you weirdos. <laughs> it's like sneezing over and over and a multi and it's not it's out of your control. It's not like you're choosing to piss me off. It's just incidental piss offing. Yeah. Pissing off. Okay, so this person has a weird Chew! name. And That's the other thing. You don't sneeze here on International uh Women's Day yeah. like a delicate laid. <laughs> you 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 sneeze like a four hundred pound trucker. Yeah, I have a hearty sneeze as a, well as a hearty laugh. It's, it's aggressive. It's a problem. Yeah, I love the laugh. The sneezing well, eh, leaves a little bit uh, okay. of desire. Yeah. So anyway, this person is that racist teacher in Florida that oh, yeah, had we're a doing white, asshole of today that had a white supremacist podcast, and her name is um, Diana Voltich or something. So anyway, she's a racist and she had a podcast on which she would interview uh, other guests about white supremacy and racism and surreptitiously indoctrinating students in her classroom with her ideas and things like this. So we have a little clip to play on it. The middle school teacher removed from class, accused of leading a secret life as a white supremacist, saying some races have higher IQs than others. Here's ABC's Steve Osinsami tonight. And I'm an educator. I teach seventh grade middle schoolers. This Florida social studies teacher is defending herself tonight, saying she is not a white supremacist, and what you're about to hear is political satire and exaggeration. That's just the way it is. There are, there are races that have higher IQs than, than others. 25-year-old Diana Volatich is a second-year teacher at Crystal River Middle School, south of Gainesville. But when school's out, she goes by Tiana Dolachov, a new face in so-called alt-right social media, 
blaming Jews, Muslims, and people of color for the world's problems. Because New Orleans is, there's quite a huge African population there. And it's this ingrained hunter-gatherer culture that left them unprepared for Hurricane Katrina. During a podcast she produced, she talks about sharing her views with her students and hiding them from parents and teachers. I had one at the beginning of this year who emailed the principal over my head and basically, you know, told her, I'm worried that your teacher is in, you know, she's injecting political bias into her teaching. And the principal came to me and she was like, I'm not worried. Should I be worried? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And she believed me. The teacher tonight says she never brought those views to her, quote, professional career. For now, the school district has removed her from the classroom. David? Steve Osinsamri tonight, Steve. Thank you. So uh, what do you mean she didn't bring those views? I, th- I thought it was satire. I thought she was a genius satirist. <laughs> That's kind of incongruent. Yeah. This is so strange to me that um, people are... are <laughs> Trying to explain away their online presence in white supremacist communities as satire. I'm just undercover, guys. I'm going to break this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to break this story. You guys, <laughs> don't ruin it. I'm trying to infiltrate the communities and <laughs> expose this hatred for what it really is. Yeah. <laughs> no one believes you. You're, you're dedicating. Uh, I, you don't believe her? You're, uh, I you're, believe her. You're dedicating significant <laughs> amounts of time. And even if it's only 10 minutes, that's like a significant amount of time to be talking to white supremacists on a podcast <laughs> um, wow. to satire and exaggeration. It's it's very strange to me. So anyway, I'm glad that this was exposed, especially I- since she's injecting these messages to her students. That's problematic. Well, I just think it, it's so... Um- it, it says a lot about who they are and what they believe and just what kind of people they are when she's like, yeah, and then the, 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 the principal came to me and said, do I have something to worry about? I said, no, and she believed me, and then they all erupt in laughter. <laughs> we got one over on them. Yeah. Just fuck you. Yikes. Just fucking hateful. Ugh, just disgusting. She's just a comedian. Didn't you hear that hilarious podcast? <laughs> this satire is cutting edge. Oh, she's killing it. <laughs> Top oh, notch. Top notch. All right, we're going to leave you there. On with your day, everybody. Good times had by all. We <laughs> what is will going on? see you next time. Yeah. We will. It'll be on the on the Patreon only live stream. It will be on the YouTube. Yep. If you want to take part in the Patreon only live stream, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and you can find out which level you have to be and blah blah blah. And that'll also be a good time had by all. We love you. We appreciate you. If you'd like to sound off, communicate with the show, get your voice on the record, help us move the conversation forward. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Listen, we'll see you next time for another episode. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Come on, bro. (laughs) What are you doing? Come on, bro. You're trying way too hard. (laughs) 